cool. Here we are. We're, guys, we're back at it. We're also doing the fucking most ridiculous thing. Again, <laughs> the thing that we were joking about doing, and then we were like, oh, no, that won't actually happen. Oh, It'll just yes. be an old Sydney record. But then, of course, because of... What was it, Jackson? Why did your flight get delayed? Uh, operational reasons? I don't know. Oh, um, wow. They had to operate yeah. on him. On yeah, the exactly. Like the, the the pilot had to go into surgery on the plane, and then like, there's not there's not enough time to stitch him back up, so they had to they had to go from scratch. Um, you know what is fun though is that somewhere in the literal five hours I spent on the phone to air- different airlines yesterday, both Tiger and Jetstar. At one point, uh, a very kind representative named Ben from Jetstar was like, "We do have space on this flight going today," at which was yesterday at that point. Uh, we can try and get you on there, but we need Tiger to help do it. I call up Tiger, wait another 20 minutes of hold, speak to this really douchey guy, and he's like, I guess the way to go forward if you really want to do this is to do like a conference call. And so what I had to do, which was literally advised me by someone, was call Jetstar and Tiger (laughs) at the exact same time and Um. had to sit through initially 12 minutes of two hold calls at the same time, speaking over each other. At which point, the kind lady from Jetstar answered the phone and had to sit with me for a further eight minutes while Tiger was still having us on hold. And in, in the short breaks between Tiger telling me how to get on a plane, I was like, hey, I'm so sorry. Yeah, yeah so here's the situation. And basically, oh, fuck. And then it would start talking again. And oh then it would come God. off and I'd be like, again, I'm really so sorry you had to go through this with me. Like, um, d- does Jetstar not nightmare. have a way to just call Tiger? <laughs> Apparently. Li- literally, I, I was talking about the Tiger. I was like... Are you telling me you don't have the means of contacting Tiger? Because I can. I can Google that and do it. And you are, you're you're working for an airline. Surely you have the means required. And he's like, sir, listen, call me a liar all you want. (laughs) I can't contact them. And I was like, so the best way forward is for me to do a conference call. Yeah. Like... They could have Wild. absolutely done that. Yeah, there's no way they couldn't have done that. That's oh, fucking ridiculous. I know, but at a certain point, I'd spent five minutes, like, nearly yelling at this person, and I was like, fine, I'll do the conference call idea. I don't know why we're doing this, though. <laughs> and then, like, by the time it was resolved, you'd missed the flight? Was that the upshot of that? Uh, yeah, basically, by the time they got onto it, they are like, oh, that flight is now sold out. And I was like, fucking <laughs> terrific. Thank you so much. Um, yeah. This is a tale of a strange and dangerous world, a world known as Carthus. This is an adventure full of magic, hardship, and friendship. This is a tale about a world at war, and the people who are forced to endure it. When ancient magic starts to stir, three unlikely heroes find themselves embroiled in a quest much larger than themselves. But, more than any of that, this is a story about how to win loot and influence dragons. Hello, and welcome back to How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons. It's a D&D 5e actual play podcast for the Curio Network. I am, as always, your triumphant third movie in the franchise, Return of the King of Sydney, Dungeon Master, Ben McAllister. <laughs> Uh, I am the stretch from uh, one film into three parts, Jackson Usid. Oh, nice. That was that was very good. That's very good. I am 
Oh god, I don't have a clue what to do with this. <laughs> I mean, this um, is to be silk, fair, silk probably like the closest we've done. Yeah, like, exactly. At this, point, this is the, the softest that ball almost we've makes ever it because it puts the. So I'm left with two choices, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, but there's four of us. I am your embarking on a new journey, Fellowship of the Ring style Thomas Owen. Oh wow! Oh. So beautiful. And Grace, you bring it home. I'm the fourth member of the Fellowship. Have my axe, Grace Chapel. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We do a lot of Lord of the Rings references on this podcast, and I think that might be the best one yet. Hey, uh, assumedly some at least new listeners for whom this is the first main canon episode of the podcast you've ever potentially heard. That'd be wild, though, for anyone who... Uh, doesn't like spoilers. Yeah, yeah. If, hey, yeah, just quickly, by the way, actually, if you are a new listener who picked up on the, the live episode that we put up last time or the, the live show or whatever, probably dip back. Uh, maybe dip back to 19.5, the recap of the first 19 episodes. Anyway, let's enough do a of that. tiny recap right now. Yeah, let's just quickly do it. Uh, there's a world. Three heroes fucked shit up for a while. Now they're here. Yeah, that's. that. Yeah, that kind of gets you there. Hey, hey, so uh, I'm not sure whether we're going to have alluded to it in the pre roll. Not sure how much of that I am going to use. But the reason that those things just happened is, yeah, so Grace and Tom have both moved to Sydney. As the thing they've been alluding to, the town that Jackson in, usually lives in for a while now. <laughs> town. Uh, yeah. the, you know, yeah. Sydney town. It is a town. It's also a city, but anyway. Are they different things, technically? It can't uh, be a city and a town. I mean, I, I feel like. It's definitively impossible. I feel like you're, you're making a needless linguistic distinction. But at any rate, in the interest of barreling on here, the, the geographic location in which Jackson usually resides that these two now live in, I happen to be here for work for a week. So three of us are here in Sydney and we were like so excited we were all going to record together at the same time but thanks to an unbelievably cruel twist of fate Jackson is actually in <laughs> Perth and not just in Perth but in my actual house so yeah yeah we are still all three together in Jackson away but don't worry next time we record well it'll still be the same three people yeah, in the same room and one in Perth it'll just be you Jackson yeah. and I will just swap places yeah, yeah. yeah. okay yeah. well there you go it'll be so. like that film Trading Places so nothing is going to change, really, at all about the way this show is produced. Uh, no. Yep. If anything, it'll be easier as the DM being alone, really. Yeah, I won't have to hide my secret True. machinations yeah. from you. Yeah, yeah. Also, T, like I, I, I know we moved on, but that idea, the idea of like some trading places humour, I love that concept. I'm really into mm. it. I'm going to disappoint you every time I bring it up now, because spoilers for the jokes I'm going to make later about trading places... I don't know what that film's about. Yeah, mm. I only know... I don't even know who's in it or what decade it was made in. It's which has got back to something that we have long held on this show, which is that the essence of comedy is literally just referencing things. Yeah. You don't have to make a joke about it. Nope. Just reference that it you exists. Just bring them up. <laughs> I, this is honestly how I, how I operate like. in life. I know <laughs> just enough at all times to slide through the... Mm snapping jaws of the dragon's mouth. It's like a Freaky Friday movie where they swap bodies, like a rich guy and a poor guy. Is that what Trading Places is? Yeah. No, it's not! (laughs) Isn't Trading Places... Why did I try? I haven't seen the film. (laughs) Isn't it about a dude who gets saved by two rich guys because he's, like, getting beaten up even though he's a criminal? It's about, like, a rich stockbroker who, like, like, ends up on the streets and, like, a guy (sighs) in the inverse position, basically. There's no magic involved, just the magic of capitalism. I I love the magic I love that, like, Tom was like, I don't know what happens in this movie, and Grace was like, idiot, I do. Based on nothing. Friday. And then when I took my stab at it, because I think I did read a synopsis like a week ago. I read like synopsises or like, you just, reviews. You just, just brought your own magic. I know. 
But I feel like we need a we need a second moment for the magic of capitalism that Jackson just gave a shout out. Yeah, because yep. I would say Carthus is a highly capitalist society, and therefore that's a good segue. Yeah, is it a city or a town, Ben? Carthus. Yeah. It's <laughs> or is it just a geographic location because you hate the fact we like words to be used the way they mean things? So anyway, let's have a bit of a recap about the magical capitalist society. <laughs> When we last left our heroes, they were finally leaving the Temple of Sea. Having dealt with the temple's challenges, they encountered Esme, the mysterious sorcerer in the service of the king. Esme asked the heroes about the location of Valeria, and revealed that she was working with a powerful figure that she did not name. After parting with Esme, the group gathered up the spoils of the temple, including a new piece, an arcane message interceptor, and two mysterious discs which appeared to be of Sine construction. Through a brief consultation with Alvar and Garrick, our heroes decided to return to Analor for a face-to-face meeting. Along the way, they came upon a small trading town known as Traveler's Rest. Upon entering the town, Drusilia saw a familiar face engaged in a dispute with the local innkeeper. It was her sister, who appeared to be looking for her. That brings us to right now. Okay, so we're going to come up in media res, as it were. Uh, which is to say, we're just exactly where we were. Um, <laughs> you've seen Drasilia, your sister, who... We haven't heard her name of yet. Hanging out in front of this tavern, arguing with the tavern owner about whether or not she can put up some posters that seem to be missing person posters of one Drasilia Halimian. <laughs> and you're on your way into this town, Traveler's Rest. That's it. What do you do? Before we roll on, was that laugh because you forgot you named yourself yeah, after I, cheese? I <laughs> yeah, very good. Very good. Um, what else is around? Okay. Maybe you should take a perception check. Yep. Eleven. <clears throat> Um, okay, with an 11, you would see uh, a small, kind of, like, busier than you would expect for a town this size, mostly just because it is, like, a trade post. So, you know, this is kind of like the first port of call for trade goods that come on the shipping route that you guys just took to get here. So there's the inn, which is reasonably busy. Uh, then there's, like, a little kind of town hall, which seems to be a place where, like, some functionaries of customs might hang out. There's, like, a little bunkhouse. There's various sort of generic shops. There's a little marketplace, trading post, and there's just kind of people milling about. Uh, There are, I will say with that, also you would notice, like, a few people kind of interestedly peering at the commotion in front of the inn with this, like, this, like, small half-elf woman who is kind of strangely dressed, uh, kind of, like, really just, like, yelling at this bartender. What What kind of strangely dressed? Uh, I would say, like, the clothes are, like, they're not, like, very fashionable. They're not up to date with what the current... So you would have a real-world subculture that she might belong to aesthetically. (laughs) What would it be? Well, actually, Grace, why don't you tell me that? How does your sister dress? Um... I don't mean Nola. (laughs) (laughs) What's the name of that um, American Christian subgroup? Oh, like Westboro Baptist Church? No. Or just Baptists? Yeah. Uh, Mormons. Or do you mean like um, Amish? Amish. Oh. She's dressed oh. kind of Amish. Oh. In the scheme of like 
Like, as you're saying, isolationism. Kind of in the past. Yeah. Dude, like, no justification required. Like, yeah. like Cresselia's Amrish sister is here. <laughs> what a wild <laughs> twist. I can't, believe, I can't believe we get to witness this. Yeah, I'm going to have to change my character voice. Instead of being all like, why can't I just put these posters up? She's like, why can I not put these posters up, English? <laughs> <laughs> to, to the did anybody get my reference then or not? No, not at all. Oh, what did you say? Can I was like, to watch this? I witnessed this. Oh, importantly. oh dude, huge. <laughs> I can give a strong testimony about the importance of this interaction. There's a film called Witness where a dude has to go live with the Amish. Again, I haven't seen it. I just know. <laughs> <laughs> A film where a dude Great. has to go. That is not remotely right, the um, plot of the film. Yeah. I mean, a small Amish boy witnesses a murder. <laughs> it's not about a guy going on vacation with some Amish people and he witnesses their lifestyle. Let's just keep on referencing movies really bad. Yeah, Mason Jack is incorrect. <laughs> I'm not sure if you heard that, Jackson. I did. I, I heard that uh, sweet damn whisper. It. <laughs> Grace also covers um, the microphone. But, like, then doesn't the cop have to go live with the Amish for some oh reason? My God. No, of course, okay, but you're burying the leaves so no. much. Yeah. No, stop. Drusilia, what does Drusilia do? Um, <laughs> that was a lot of information for an 11, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Very great. Well, um, I was just looking around a little place. Drusilia sees her sister and kind of sees the commotion she's creating and just mutters, like, shit under her breath, pulls up her hood. And I think just goes into the closest shop. Oh, just like, so just like steps off the road where her traveling companions are? Yeah. Well, she's holding like a picture of Drazilia's face, right? Yes. Yeah. Would we have seen that as well? Okay. I, I don't think any of you have actually seen the picture yet. I think Drazilia just knows who it is and what's going on. Yeah. yeah, uh, yeah. She also said, I think I'm looking for my sister. Yeah. Okay. Um, but we, like Jodie and Duncan, have no way of knowing who this person is or no, why Drazilia is nope. fleeing the moment. Not at all. And you wouldn't even necessarily know what she's fleeing. Because this yeah. is just kind of one thing that's happening in a reasonably busy main street of yeah. the town that, like, you might notice is drawing some attention from people walking past. But, like, if this wasn't, like, re- relevant to you in any way, you wouldn't give it more thought. Yeah. Cool. I think then I, probably yeah. Duncan will just tail Druzzy into the shop and probably over the sending stone. Hang on, wait. Have we figured out that we're not being intercepted at the moment? Or do we you think haven't we are? figured that out at all. Yeah. Um, I think we're, we're out think, of sending stones. Yeah, with a conventional whisper. Uh, not, um, <laughs> not, not a careless one, would you say? <laughs> yeah, no, not a careless one. Um, <laughs> Thank you. I'm going to layer it under this yeah. Uh I think I, I'll just whisper to Druzzy, hey, look, uh, maybe if I had a uh, sixth sense, I could uh, figure out who, well, rather what's going on, but I'm going to need you to... Tell me what you're running from. It's my sister. Oh, what a forthcoming response from Drazilia. Where's Jody during all this, by the way? Uh, I think Jody was probably going to see what the commotion was and maybe hasn't realised that the other two just bailed like <laughs> in the middle of the street. Okay, okay, so Jody's, Jody's kind of walking over towards the commotion when he realises uh, the other well, two like more like, Yeah, more like taking a peek, basically. Like, just because okay, like, okay, like, okay. there's a commotion happening and, you know, he's got ja- Jack Jackson, ja- Jackson, take a perception check for me as you're peering at this commotion. Uh, that is a 16. With that 16, Jody, you would see, indeed, missing person written on this flyer. You've gotten a bit closer now. Um, I think you probably can't quite see Drazilia's face on it. You definitely notice the way she's dressed and the fact that she's a half-elf and maybe, like, it's probably a bit of a reach that you'd be like, there's a family resemblance to my travelling companion here. But, like, you definitely take in all the things in terms of knowing what this person looks like. Uh, And you also definitely spy with that 16 perception 
Across from the inn, in front of the town hall, where there is a notice board, you would see a small gaggle of armed humanoids of different races, sort of quietly muttering to each other, looking at the notice board, where there are a series of wanted posters for Drusilia, Jody, and Duncan, and back over in the direction of the inn, and talking to each other and looking back over at the inn. Oh, fuck. Okay. Jody notices that. Do you yes, notice that? Great. Back inside the random store, which I'm just going to name, um, oh, uh, Selwyn's, um, uh, uh, shoe, uh, salon. Ooh. Selwyn's shoe salon that you guys have just dug in, because all stores in this world have to be alliterated, except for <laughs> Scriven's Cloak Corner. It's the only way they are allowed to exist in this yeah, this capitalist bizarre capitalist society. Right. Yeah, like private stores are allowed, um, but only if they're literate. But, Wait, but maybe the S in Scrivens is silent. <laughs> we just think it's read out. Yeah. Yeah, wow. Did you guys notice or not notice that I made a sixth sense? Yes, uh, we did notice. And you okay. just, Do yeah, you know? Have you seen that film from Tom? <laughs> no, I haven't seen the film. <laughs> I know more thoroughly what it's about. I just kind of hoped you're, you'd all be like, oh, this is exactly that whole shit about yeah, no. I'll, not I'll, really appropriately referencing I'll, I'll be honest with you. I, I didn't re- realize that you were making that joke. I just thought yeah, you were. I like, thought you just said six sense, yeah. like, like in a colloquial sense. <laughs> let's keep the story going. So yeah. you guys are here inside Selwyn's shoe salon, and uh, you've just said it's my sister. How does Duncan react to that? Do I see she was putting up missing persons posters? Yeah, yeah, and you probably heard her say, "I'm just looking for my sister." I think Brazilia's like, trying to find a vantage point in the shop where she can still see her sister, but she's definitely inside. Okay, can she do that? Yeah. Take a performance check to kind of nice. like Thanks. move around the store <laughs> as though you're looking at shoes and move yourself over towards a window so you can kind of peer out whilst pretending to look at some shoes. 17. Okay, let's see how the, the shopkeeper does on his look at... Yeah, no, the shopkeeper doesn't doesn't raise any alarm. Just seen two people walk in and one of them kind of like very coolly go pick up like a, a slipper and inspect it next to the window so she can see what's going on. So she now nice. sees the scene that we've described and she's probably Jody standing maybe halfway between the store and the front of the inn. Does she see the soldiers? Uh, not with the 11 yeah, perception check. Um, I think Duncan probably, given this new information, says something like, we need to stop her. She'll only draw attention to herself for us. And how do you suggest doing that? Well, she doesn't know who I am. Okay, uh, with that, let's go back over to Jody. What's Jody doing in this moment? Um, well, I think seeing armed guards and that sort of thing, like yeah, I, I will say this by the way. But by this, they're, they're not soldiers. They're not. They're not like um mil- military. Yeah, they're cool. armed people. You yep. would intuit that they might be mercenaries or something like that. Cool, cool, cool. I think seeing that and seeing them looking towards posters and then looking over this way at the inn, Jody would probably uh-huh. approach a little closer. I guess just to sort of figure out what's happening and if it's directly related to him and his party. Okay, okay, I'll say you can get within range to now see Drazilia's face on the missing person poster cool, that cool, cool, cool. is yeah, being yeah. held by her sister. Cool, jo- Jody's How... in a bit of a panic, that's, uh, that's, uh, yep. that's cool. Um... <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, what's happening is uh, this character, who we haven't named yet, Drazilia's sister, is just kind of like berating the innkeeper, and he's just like being like, Look, I don't, I don't want... That's Garrick, isn't it? He's been like, look, I don't want any trouble. Uh, look, just just get out of here. Get your posters away. I'm not interested in this. And he turns and starts walking, and she just, like, throws one of the posters at his back. <laughs> like, crumples it up and throws it at the back of his head. And he just kind of stops standing there. Um, I think Duncan quickly whispers to Drusilia, saying, go gag the shopkeeper. 
and then he pulls his beanie down over his face, revealing the holes he cut into it episodes ago that I promised would be a weird surprise at one point. <laughs> Are over. you robbing this shoe store? No, no, no. I'm leaving the shop with a mask on, walking okay. over. Jody, Jody is definitely oh like right gosh. there though. Like, <laughs> okay. as in, like, I, I, I'm, I'm like okay, a second okay. away from entering the social interaction. Okay, okay, okay. Can I, can I quickly? Sorry, just because we're gonna need to do this now. Can I get you all to roll initiative? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I need to know what all the things are happening here. It was roll so bad. Seventeen. Six. How'd you do, T? Oh, uh, fucking. This is one of your most commonly required stats, T. <laughs> I mean, shade from Grace, who didn't bring a fucking character sheet. I mean, Jesus. Jackson, we weren't going to say that on the show. Um, um, I'm worried that, like, whilst I didn't have a fun idea for what to do here, it ultimately just complicates this more than we need to. It yeah, might be a little fine. bit of a fuel on the fire situation, some might say, but it doesn't matter because it's not your turn anyway. We've got Jody. He's up. Great, great, great. Okay, I think at this point, Jody, having realised that this person has said sister and is holding posters of Drasilia, probably walks into the fray... Um, as I, so she's like thrown a poster at the innkeeper and is just kind of like in the middle of the street. She's just kind of standing there defiantly. There is a small crowd that has now kind of gathered. Um, a few people just kind of watching this. I think Jody walks up to her and is like, uh, excuse me. Um, my name is, um, uh, Vigo and I, uh, um, I, I perhaps I might have, um, seen a sign of this, um, this person you are looking for. Would you like to, um, accompany me? And then, like, tries to sort of convince her to, like, leave yep, yep, this yep, crowded yep. area. She looks up at you and says, huh, at least someone helps out around here. And uh, says, lead the way. And just, like, loudly says that as she starts walking in the direction that Jody walks. Which is which direction? Um, it's a good question. Did Jody see his companions walk into the shoe store? No, because we, we definitely said he walked straight over to the things. I'm going to say probably not. Okay. But if you turned around, you'd see Duncan standing there with his fucking <laughs> bank robber mask on. <laughs> Okay. Okay. Jody, Jody turns around, like, like starts taking steps, and is walking towards the store, and then sees Duncan standing there with his mask on, and just stops. Like, just, just yeah. stops because okay. he doesn't know okay. what the plan is. That's we'll, we'll call that um, Jody's initiative count. Yep. Now the initiative count that I rolled for not you guys. Duncan sees out of his mask hole eyes over Jody's shoulder the armed mercenary-looking boys over by the town hall start walking in your direction. Uh, not running. They're just kind of walking over towards where Jody and Drasilia's sister are now leaving the commotion. The, com- the crowd is starting to disperse. They've lost interest, but these boys are walking towards you guys. This is yeah. bad. <laughs> Duncan sees Jody with. Uh, Drazi's sister knows that his plan now is not at all going to work <laughs> turns around instantly to walk back into the shoe store pulling off his mask as he walks okay, in through the okay. threshold but he does it kind of strangely rubbing it up and down his face whilst muttering oh sometimes you just really gotta rub the sweat off eh? it's been make, a sweaty make a, day make a deception check <laughs> I think because uh, he, point, you know, like he knows that he's just like it's <laughs> a decent risk. The shop kid's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, yeah. Make a deception check for me. Oh god, I rolled a one. <laughs> uh, I'll see what what I add to that, but I don't think this is gonna pan I mean, out. It's a, well, it's a critical fail. It doesn't matter what you add. Yeah. <laughs> I actually have nothing in deception either. Yeah. So, okay. so the, the shopkeeper. Okay, the shopkeeper definitely goes. Oh god! And ducks out the back door of the store and starts yelling, "Help! Help! My store's being robbed!" Okay, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, who's up next? I believe it's Drazilia. What are you guys? <laughs> that 
bad. I was like, surely this is going to be fine. Gonna, There's no way you can fuck this. I was going to cloak of mountain banker in here. Oh, so they no. didn't know where we'd gone. Yeah, it's just the fact that you did roll a natural one. Yeah. If you rolled anything else, I wouldn't have taken yeah. that move against you. But I feel like no, it's no, I, <laughs> Um. So, okay, yeah. And I will say upon hearing that, it's not their turn. But just in the fiction, you guys definitely notice that the militia boys who are walking over start, like, running <laughs> in your direction. <laughs> there are, I will say, six of them. Six of them, they are different uh, races, and they're all just kind of standing there with, like, various assorted bits of armor and weaponry. Drazilia twins invisibility on herself and Duncan. Oh, cool. Um, but not her sister or Joey. <laughs> I mean, there's certainly so many you can twin, you know? <laughs> okay, cool. You guys are now invisible. Uh, and that brings us back around to, to Jody, who's got... I'm just going to name this character. Uh, Grace, why don't you go ahead and tell us what, what your sister's character's name is? She's Cerulea. Cerulea. Cerulea, Drazilia's little sister. Fantastic. In my head, I keep on hearing Celeria. Is that Celeria? Celeria and Jody are kind of leaving this crowd of people, and the people over his shoulder. Yeah, Cerulea. What did I say? Celeria. Yeah, Cerulea and Jody are leaving this crowd of people. Uh, she's holding the posters, and you just saw Duncan walk back into the store, and then you saw the shopkeeper run out the back of the store screaming. <laughs> So you probably think Duncan is robbing the store. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, you saw the mask on his face. You saw him walking back in. You probably think that's what's going on. Great. Does does Jody get a sense as as a supreme acrobat and athletic sort of t- type of person? Does he does he see Cerulea and does he see like magic user sort of thing, or does he ever say like does she look like really brawny? What is like if you were to try and like assess her skills, basically? Yeah, tries to test her skills. Okay, um, give me, give me, like, I don't know, what do you think? Like, make it a dexterity check to, like, okay. see how... So clearly be, like, inside. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. true. That's true. Well, inside. I'll, give I'll give inside. me inside. No yeah. Um, cool, that's a 17. Okay, from 17, you get, doesn't look like a magic user, looks like a normal level of fit. Uh, you might notice with that, Good roll. Uh, the line of a dagger underneath her outer garments, like strapped her to her waist. Cool. But yeah, not doesn't appear magical. Just a normal, a person, a normal yeah. low level adventurer in D anD. Yeah, yeah, great, 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 great. I think uh, Jody is like, uh, <laughs> excuse me for this. Um, I think we might need to uh, run, and then starts like. Basically, like, Jody is trying to get out of sight of the crowd and trying to, like, weave in and around, um, like, the different shops, like, to try and, like, lose the, uh, mm-hmm. lose the armed militia that is uh, heading towards us. And we're yeah. very much with the intention of, like, getting her to follow. Yeah, great. Okay, so Jody's fast. The other two are invisible. Jody's moving quickly. I'm trying to decide what Cerulea does here. Can that, can that be, a, like, a persuasion check, or...? Yeah, yeah, make that a persuasion check for me. Um, flat 16... Um, oh, okay. Well, it's a 15, because I have negative one charisma. Uh, okay, so 15 okay. to convince her. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, okay, I think she she looks up at you with a little bit of shock, and then kind of, like, stops as you start sort of moving away from her, like, beckoning her to follow, and, like, turns over her shoulder, sees this now rapidly approaching group of armed people, and uh, doesn't really know who to trust, but... Her instinct is definitely to run from the people with weapons chasing her, so she definitely does follow. Instinct. She's a little, she's a little slower than Jody. To be, f- to be fair, jo- Jody will sort of like 
keep her inside. He isn't going to, like, sprint a hundred, yeah. like, a hundred feet in, like, a turn and then bail on her. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so she's she's as fast as a regular half-elf, so 30, cool. 30 feet per round. Good, good. Um, so she starts following Jody as you guys run. Where do you, where do you run? And, you um, know what? yeah, you, you move as far, as far as you can move. We'll kind of do her initiative count with you. Um, and... Yeah, where, where do you go? Basically, like, we've been walking up as, a, as a, basically like the main town street, and then the way I see yeah. it, was it off to the right? Was like the shoe store? Off, it was off to the left. It was on it was the same the side left. of the road as the uh, as the actual commotion. Cool. Um, I mean, I'm guessing we're running back the other way, like as in like, and I guess heading away from that shop as well, um, because there's more okay. commotion there. Um, so on the other okay. side of the street, trying to duck through. Yep. Think Jason Bourne so, running through like houses and that sort of thing. That's sort of like the vibe, but, like yeah, running sure. through like <laughs> the built-up area. So, so you're gonna punch your way through walls? Yeah. Find a pen, dude. Sorry. Find a pen. Yeah, nice. Um, so you'd be <laughs> turning around. Jason's seen that movie. <laughs> <laughs> so you'd be turning around and basically hanging a left uh, to like sprint off in between yep. these buildings. Great. Um, okay, cool. That will bring us to Duncan. What's Duncan doing? He's just stepped into this store. The shopkeepers are run out the back screaming for help. He's seen the people approaching behind Jody. He is invisible as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You're now invisible. <laughs> I'll say if you just look around, you'll see like Jody and Cerulea disappearing like off onto the other side of the road in between some buildings. I think he turns to Drazi, says, let's follow him. The space that Drazilia formerly filled. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I turned to the space formerly known as Drazilia. <laughs> hey, Drazi. Have, have you ever have you ever heard any prints? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I must have. Uh, we've seen like, Raspberry Beret on this yeah. podcast before. Uh, yeah, so I, I say like, let's follow him and then run out the door. Okay, cool. And does Drazilia do the same? Is it a an open door or will anyone see that? The door, like, opens with no one coming through. I mean, it was open because Duncan had, like, just walked in. Yeah, cool, cool, so cool, it's, cool. it's still open. I but, follow. But anyone who was watching will have seen Duncan walk in and then disappear. <laughs> on the spot. Run! <laughs> but along with, like, it's a robbery, they're going to assume I'm in there taking things yeah. whilst I'm visible. Yeah, 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 exactly. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay, cool. So you guys, what do you do? Do you follow? Yes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So, all right, I'm going to say now, let's, let's go back out into the street here. So there were, I said six of these people who were chasing down... Uh, uh, Jody and Cerulea. I'm going to say two of them peel off in the direction of the yelling shopkeeper and head over to the shop, uh, and the other four hang the same left and start following Jody and Cerulea through the buildings. You guys are behind them. So imagine Jody and Cerulea, chase group of four, you two behind, invisible following. You are slower, Duncan, than mm-hmm. the chase group. So, yeah, that's the end of your guys' turn, is just following them in that direction. I'm going to say, like, if Jody's not running faster than Cerulea can run, he's not going to be able to outpace this group. But they are going to be yeah. able to stay ahead of them. Like, they're just going to be some distance in front of them. And the Drazilia and Duncan chase group is going to be just, like, behind the main group a little bit. And probably slowly falling behind because Duncan is a bit slower than the average full-sized humanoid biped. Just <laughs> by nature of those little dwarven legs. <laughs> and, uh... They got mad acceleration, but the top speed ain't <laughs> <laughs> Duncan's built for comfort and office speed. <laughs> <laughs> um, Alright, so, so we're so, back to Jody and... So yeah, the, the other thing yeah, with that is like we can keep doing this like turn-based thing, but ultimately that's what's going to happen is these two groups are going to be running kind of roughly in lockstep with each other and you guys are just going to be falling a little bit behind. Um, also, very quickly, you're going to run out of buildings to be weaving between just because this is a small village and you'll just be running into open countryside. So what do you think the plan is, boys and girls? I think before... Before Duncan risks losing earshot of Druzzy whilst they're both invisible running along, you know, he, he knows he's not the fastest guy on the face mm-hmm. of the earth. Mm-hmm. And before they 
invisible to each other, <laughs> drift apart. Mm -hmm. I think he just kind of like project whispers to... Mm -hmm. um, stage whispers? Yeah, stage yeah. whispers to Druzzy, uh, you know, with his acting technique. Um, <laughs> Once we're clear of the buildings, light these lads up. Nice. Nice, nice, nice. Um, I think Giselia sending stones rad. Oh, nice. Just the word rad. Huge. Yeah. Uh, cool, That's cool. what we should use uh, sending stones for now. Just like affirmatives out of context. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's a safe enough use. Yeah. <laughs> um, I think, okay, so Jody, let's let's say as you guys are running along, um, Cerulea definitely chimes up and says, um, What's going on? Where's my sister? Uh, I thought you were bringing me to her. Uh, where, where, where is she? What's going on? As she's kind of running along behind you. Uh, it's the uh, the small matter of the, the the people that are chasing us at the moment. We'll quickly deal with this she and says, then we'll yes, get straight um, to your sister. What, what, what is that about? And how are we doing the dealing with it? Because, uh, yes, if that could happen soon, probably a good thing. Um, Totally agree, 100%. Yes, yes, yes. Good. Um, Jody is, like, looking around for, like, say, like, like a house or something that he can, like, duck around a corner and, like, try and hide in, or, like, a set of stairs, a fucking barrel or something like that. He's, like, on the yeah, lookout okay, for something okay, for okay, them okay. to, like, yeah, hide. I'll say, I'll say, as you're reaching the sort of outskirts of this village, heading into the sort of farmland to the east of it, because I imagine you guys are kind of running inland now, um, you come to, like, the first sort of, like, half house half homestead and there's like a little stable with a couple of horses in it and like the house is kind of separated from where the stable is and it doesn't really necessarily seem like there are people in the stable at a quick glance cool cool cool, cool. um a jody like just turns to sort of and is like hide here hide and then like sort of like gestures for her to like sort of like sneak down this way um and then mm -hmm. jody is similarly gonna uh try and hide um so is it a stable area you say yeah, it's like a stable. So it's kind of like um, half open, but there's like bales of hay and there's a few horses in there. Yeah, like Jody. Yeah, but we're just trying to hide in here, basically, as like stealthily as possible. Yeah, cool. Okay, take stealth check for me, please. And I've just taken one for Cerulea, and she did pretty well. Yeah, I rolled a one. <laughs> oh! Okay. He's still his boy. Yeah, uh -huh. here's how I think that plays out. Jody, in his absolute panic, thinking he's alone, having gonna have to fight these guys who are chasing them, not knowing his friends are invisibly coming up behind him, is like trying to get Cerulea hidden. So he kind of like tosses her in the direction of some bales of hay, and she like climbs <laughs> over and like scrambles down behind the hay. And in the process, he just like kicks a little like milk pail and it hits one of the horses which starts loudly neighing <laughs> and uh then yeah as he turns around he would see the chase group approaching the back of the stables there's four of them there they're about to engage in combat that's the end of jody's turn it is now their turn so i'll say what to, happens to, 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 be, is... to be fair I, I think like if jody sees them coming i think he probably like sort of like sighs and then like moves into a fighting sense Says, and like, i'm sorry master off. Just yeah. this once, I'm gonna have to go all out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Jo Jody takes his staff out of his left hand, puts it into his right, takes off his weighted shoes, and he's like, like, now, one time, full power. <laughs> he's instantly Did you say he takes off his weighted shoes? Yeah, <laughs> yeah dude. Jody did a half speed this whole time. <laughs> I love that. Heyo, it's 
it's me, your boy, Big B, just checking in on you in the middle of the show as per usual. Thank you for listening to Chapter 37. I cannot believe it's Chapter 37, but here we are. I just wanted to quickly apologize for this app being a little late. I know that's two apps in a row. It really genuinely pains me to do it, so I'm very sorry. In the way of an explanation, I'd say it's still the Perth Fringe Festival, and I've been head down working on Curio's brand new podcast, The Uncertainty Principle, which is a science communication show that we just launched live this week as part of Fringe. The new show has turned out so great, and we'll be throwing it into its own RSS feed through Curio soon enough. On The Uncertainty Principle, we talk about science concepts and their intersections with politics, history, and culture. So, if you want to hear something a bit different to HTW Laid, maybe check it out. Stay tuned to Curio Network for more information of when it goes live. If you're in Perth and keen to see it sooner, we've got three shows left as part of Fringe on the 10th, 14th, and 16th of February. And there are very limited tickets available, so if that's your thing, act fast. All the details are on the Fringe website, or you can check out our Facebook or Instagram. Anyway, that's enough plugging from me today, so sorry again about the late episode. Thank you, as always, for listening. You all rock. Enjoy the rest of the show. I'm not going to give you anything for that right now, but I am going to add a note about the fact that Jody runs with weighted shoes. <laughs> say that that can count as like a, a dodge action type thing so on cool. attacks this round i'll give them a disadvantage against you and now the chase group has arrived of which two of them uh one of them is a human man carrying a long sword in one hand and a shield in the other one of them is a half orc woman carrying two short swords and those two both charge over to jody uh one of them the guy with the long sword takes two swings at you with his long sword the first one jody or the first one with his advantage the first one jody like easily steps aside of the second one 16 against ac no sir so jody dances out of the way of that one too the short sword lady she swings at you as well uh first one direct miss second one is a 21 That'll and do it. then the third attack that she Ooh. gets with her short swords yep, is a 15. So she definitely does hit you once with the short sword. Great, great. Uh, and you're going to need to take six slashing damage from it for me. Uh, then the two who stayed behind both fire crossbows in your direction. The first one, oh, that garbo rolls, is an eight. So that bolt sails directly over your head and into the wood of the barn behind you. Great, great, great. The next one is a 20, though, not natural with bonuses. And I am going to need you to take an additional... Oof, big roll. Um, 10 piercing damage from the arrow. Great, great, great. The bolt, um, rather, of this crossbow. Are you going to try and catch that boy? Uh, yeah. Yeah, dude. <laughs> how, does um, that, how does that work again? You roll something cool. to reduce it? Yeah, so I, I can reduce the damage by 1d10 plus dex mod plus monk level. Um, okay. So I rolled a 7 uh, plus 10 mm, yep, okay, plus cool. my dex mod of 5. Um, so I catch this arrow, this bolt, and I'm going to throw it back. Nice, 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 nice. Okay, so we'll say the two people with um with the crossbows are one Tabaxi, which is like a cat person holding oh my a crossbow. Goodness. Yeah, uh, who's the one who just would have hit you with this bolt had you not caught it with your dexterous hands. And the other one we'll say is a so we've got a, a human man, a half orc woman, a Tabaxi with a crossbow, and give me a fun a fun race. What do you guys think? Make dwarf, it a, a dwarf a dwarf woman. Make it a furbolg. No, they're too big. One of the crossbow bolts from the dwarf woman who fired the first crossbow bolt sails directly over your shoulder, and then the tabaxi shoots the crossbow at you, but you catch it with your dexterous hands and mm-hmm. whip it back at the tabaxi. How do we resolve this? Um, I, I, it's an attack roll, so it's uh, mm-hmm. 15 plus 9 to hit her. Or oh, 15 plus 9. Yes, that does hit. <laughs> I thought you were just saying 15 all up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, she's got um, 25 AC, dude, actually. Just this cat this cat person. Yeah. Okay, so roll that 1d10 damage for me. What yeah. is it? 
Uh, so it's an 8 plus 5, so 13 damage. Fantastic, so 13. Okay, so the Tabaxi definitely gets a good, chunky uh, taste of their own crossbow to medicine. Uh, and that was their round of attacking you. And now it's Duncan's turn. Okay, how far away from them am I? Dash distance. Dash distance. Yeah, so I'll say like 40, 40 feet. Well, that is not smash distance. Mm, 40 feet behind. And you've got sort of... You, I'll say you're, you're, you're 40 feet behind the crossbow carriers and then like probably an additional 20 feet behind the, the swordsman. Is one of the crossbow wielders the dwarf lady? Yes. I think what I will do is move... You say 40 feet away? Yes, yeah, so you can move... I'll move my 25. Mm-hmm. Whip a hand axe at the dwarf uh, lady crossbowman. Dwarf lady crossbowman, while saying, "Hey, shoot at somebody your own size." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Go ahead, give it to me. Uh, seventeen to hit. Yes, that is in fact her AC. Six damage. Okay, very good, very good. Uh, okay, so she definitely gets like smashed. Wait, I have an extra time. attack. I can just do that again. Yeah, nice. You should also <laughs> you should also definitely reroll that in case you get an actual twenty because you should get advantage because you were invisible. Oh, sweet. Yeah. So let's see if that's a crit. That wasn't a crit. It's close though. Good. All right. Pretty so close. now roll your second attack with invisibility. Fourteen. Can we turn so it into a crit? No. Okay. Throwing both at the yep. same time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just <laughs> yeah. <laughs> two hand axes. Hack some of your own size. I yep. hit with the next one as well. Okay, great. And then. That one deals eight damage. Oh, ooh, big damage. Okay, so these two hand axes whip into the back of this dwarf woman, and she turns around and just sees Duncan having apparated fucking out of nowhere, like 15 feet behind her, um, and she yells out, Whoa, there's more of them! And that was eight damage that she did take. And now it's Trazilia's turn. Um, I know you described these people in mm-hmm. quite a lot of detail. Mm-hmm. In terms of the kind of people that we've faced before, mm-hmm. which, like... Which ones do they look like? In terms of like the way they dress and Oh, um they're they all kind of like They're all kinda of higgledy piggledy, yeah. They just kinda of look like random bounty hunters. They just kinda of look like they were okay. looking for bounties at the board and they happened to see your face and also like were aware of this commotion going on where this lady was putting up posters with your face on them and were like, hmm, we should investigate that. And then when they saw you guys running away, they were like, that's very sus. And so now they're just like coming to coming to try and catch your sister and assumedly also maybe you. Alright, I think Drusilia stays hidden, because I think she doesn't really doesn't want to be seen. And maybe just like peeks out and casts like a little cone of cold oh. onto the people. Okay, so let me check out the grouping on cone of cold, how it works. I think it's like 15 foot diameter. 60 foot cone. Just 60 foot. Whoa. Yeah, 60 foot cone. Cone of cold is a 60 foot cone. Yeah, it is a fifth level spell. It definitely is a fifth level evocation where each creature in a 60 foot cone makes a constitution saving throw. I'm going to say your 60 foot cone can hit all of these people. If you, you're you going to have to like run into a specific place. It will also hit Duncan um, because he's like run, <laughs> he's 15 feet away from the first of the two crossbow wielding people. And then there's the other group like 20 feet ahead where Jody is. You could position it so it stops like just in front of Jody just because of the way his basic works in this game. But it is going to collect Duncan and also going to hit like buildings because you're kind of like, the way I see this is like you're in an alley between some buildings and then like off to one side of the alley is like a stable, which is where Jody is currently like fighting these guys on like the corner of the stable in the alley. So like, and I you're can't be... move to an angle where it's not going to hit Duncan. Well, he's kind of 
ahead of you down this alley. The alley's not that wide. There's two people standing in the alley with crossbows shooting at this house on the corner. So probably not. I'll say you can hit all of them, but you're going to have to collect them, Khan, as well. All right. Ascending stone, duck. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ, this is a powerful spell. Okay, um... Okay, so Druzzy definitely does lean around a corner. So I'm going to say she like ducks behind like another alley that comes off this alley, leans out from behind the corner, extends her finger. Uses a sorcery point to make it a silent. Oh, yeah, huge. Okay, so Druzzy just like points. (laughs) Like this ice storm just appeared from over there, but we didn't hear her. Well, they don't know like where it appeared from. They're just going to be standing there and all of a sudden fucking covered in ice. You get advantage on your dodge. I'll say I you save. have advantage on your dodge because she tries to warn you about it. Um, it is a dexterity saving throw that I am going to need you to con. Uh, hang on, let me check. I thought it said dex. Yeah, it is con save. It is a con save. Okay, so it's not even ducking, to be honest. I probably yeah. shouldn't get advantage. Just yeah. gird your loins. <laughs> yeah. I literally just, with my fucking, what do you call the breathy thing for singing? Diaphragm. Diaphragm. With using my diaphragm. Used for collecting sperm. I literally just, oh god. Which is funny you should mention that because what I was going to say is I use my diaphragm to pull my nuts up. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Like a kangaroo. Um, No, to be fair, she said duck. I would hit the deck and it wouldn't help me at all. Yeah, you're right. You don't get advantage because it's a con save and there's no way you're not avoiding anything. (laughs) What is it? Seven plus my seven, 14. And what's your spell save DC? It's going to be eight plus proficiency plus charisma. It's not good. Which I think is going to be higher than 14. Yep, so, all right. Now let's quickly... Eight plus... Proficiency Chari- is four plus charisma is oh, four. Yeah, so we're looking 16. like sixteen. Yeah. yeah, at minimum. Okay, let me let me save these people in order. For starters, the human man with the long sword and the shield. He now con save. What did these guys save? Bonuses. Is the damage? Um, not rolling. Eight d eight. Only you'd so, said suck your nuts up instead of duck. Yeah, and instead I of advantage. <laughs> chuff up your nuts, mate. <laughs> um. Okay, so the first guy, it's 16, narrowly fails, uh, the guy with the longsword. Then the woman saves, the half-orc woman attacking you, Jody saves. Then the tabaxi, what was it, 16, also saves. And the dwarf woman definitively fails. So, yep, go ahead. Two saves, two fails, and a dunkan. How much damage is it? 8d8. Plus my charisma modifier, because it's a cold. it's cold, so yeah. It is... 43. Okay. <laughs> oh. So, okay. That's like the best roll I've ever done. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And 100% so, lethal damage as well. 43. Yep, 43. Very, very good. And half of that is 22 because of the way D&D works. Yeah, yeah great. So, as a result of that, the dwarf woman who's just been hit by two axes and has turned around to be like, oh my god, there's more of them like, gets blasted with this pillar of ice. She's not dead, but she does fall down and, like, <gasps> like gasp for breath. Hey, um, she failed her save and she's not dead. That's right. Oh, my and goodness. And the human man with the long sword. They might kill me now. Well, she had, like, a 17 AC. Yeah. <sighs> but still, that what? I, like, I think they're powerful characters. <laughs> they're, not, they're not crazy powerful. You guys are level 10. (laughs) Part part of why I wanted to build this account was just to be like, it'd be interesting for Drazilia's sister to see what happens when random people try to take on three level 10 demigods. (laughs) 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 Just get turned into powder. Mm. Um, Yep, so so none of them are dead. The dwarf woman is lying on her back, sucking in air. The human man in front of you looks pretty bad. Uh, The other two look 
what you would call bloodied, but they're both still standing. So still four, still four in front of you, and now we're back around to Jody. You got this wounded, like quite wounded looking dude in front of you. You've got the like actually not even technically bloodied half-orc woman also standing there with the two short swords. So there's the guy with the long sword and the shield, there's the one with two short swords, there's the tabaxi with the crossbow, and there is the grounded dwarf woman with the crossbow. What are you doing? Great, great. Uh, I guess like Also the- for context, you hear you you'd probably also hear Duncan scream, How the fuck was I supposed to duck that? <laughs> Just in case that colours what you do with your turn, Jody. Yeah. yeah. I think he's, I think Jody is like visibly grimacing having watched that happen. Just like because like, I, I imagine it being a cone of cold, it's literally like a foot in front of him, right? Like it literally yeah. Oh, yeah. has it like, stops. Right in front of him, like a wall of ice just came down and like enveloped the man and the woman that he was fighting. Like a sheet of it just stopped, oh like dead God. in front of his face. And he sees Duncan, who's clearly been fucking blasted. I'm just covered in frost. Now. Yeah, just standing there like ah, like a fucking little yeti. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, very fuck, good. Very right. good. I think Jody just brings down his staff on the human dude in front of him. Fantastic. Fucking brain him. Um, cool, cool, cool. Uh, a 17 to hit. 17's the AC. Go ahead and roll that hey. Um, okay, so that's, uh, 6 plus 5, 11 damage. Um, uh-huh. He's looking gonna... pretty bad as this stuff crunches into his shoulder. I'm gonna attack him again. Um, ooh, okay, that one is like a 27 to hit. Yep, yep, yep. That'll do it. Great, great, great. That's max damage, so that's gonna be, uh, okay. 13... How do you want to kill this guy? <laughs> that's a good question. Um, and do you want to kill him at all? Yeah, that's... I'm not sure. Um, can I... Can, can I make a roll, like, just, like, in terms of, like, insight and that, or something like that? Like, just to sort of get a sense of, like... Are these guys Nazis, or are they just people? <laughs> well, well, yeah, as in, like... I, I, they're obviously quite beefy, right? And they're obviously chasing us, and they might just be bounty hunters, but, like, are these otherwise relatively well-intentioned people or are they kind of scummy and it's not that not the end of the world um you can roll insight to see okay. what Jody thinks about that yeah uh, I don't have any biases um okay insight that's that's 24 24 insight yes um I mean, you would probably assume then with that very good insight roll and based on your knowledge of bounty hunters and the fact that they don't appear to be displaying any like logos or insignias or like any kind of cohesive markings that they're a band of like roughly chaotic neutral adventurers looking for scratch picking up bounty hunting jobs taking down what they believe to be enemies of the king of the kingdom that they live in yeah okay um (laughs) yeah i think last second jody kind of pulls his punch sort of thing and just knocks this guy out yeah, just fucking cold clocks him and knocks, yeah. him, knocks him out on the ground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. Uh, great. You've got other attacks, I assume? Oh, actually, no, yeah, that would have been like a... um. Yeah, that, that would have been like a martial strike. So I have one more attack, which I guess yeah, I'm going to bring on well, this. So, yeah, so that was a, a fist strike, not a staff strike. Yes, it says yes. Uh, I'm going to attack this orc woman. 17 plus 10, another 27... And yep, that's a big one. Instead of Aquaman, I heard Aquaman, but like <laughs> Sam really All right, I'm going to take Aquaman now. Aquaman. Batman's going to come around the corner. <laughs> uh, that's also 13 damage on the Aquaman. <laughs> on, the, on, the, on the Aquaman. Yes, yeah, no, Batman's okay. going to have to go fight Dr. Freeze. The half-Aquaman goes, Ah! Why won't the 
fish, help me! And then, like, <laughs> tries to, like, summon some water out of a barrel that the horses are drinking out of, but it doesn't work. Uh, because she's not, she's not actually Aquaman, she's a half-orc woman. Did I, like, hit her in and... the head real hard? And she, like... <laughs> yeah, so she believes, she believes she has Aquaman powers. Okay, no, hang on, is this canon? Um, she now believes she has Aquaman powers? <laughs> Say yes, Ben. Yes. <laughs> These are the things we have to worry about when we deal even non-lethal damage in melee. Because she's not dead, but you've kind of ruined her life. Yeah, she now thinks she's Aquaman. Yeah, this this episode is all about the dangers of concussion. The Aquaman half-orc woman definitely pulls both of her short swords back and yells, By the power of Namor! <laughs> Tries to crunch Jody with these short swords. You said by the power of Namor? Yeah. As in Namor. Yeah, I've, I've the only Marvel read, equivalent. I've only read it in books. <laughs> <laughs> it was a crossover but book. Like, right? It's like cross like Namor is like They're a version of Aquaman? Marvel's original uh, that precedes Aquaman. What does Aquaman do then? Uh I don't know. He fucking talks to Neptune? Willem Dafoe under the water. Neptune? It's Neptune, right? Or is no. it Poseidon? I mean, like, probably Poseidon. I okay, think. instead but what she not. does is say, Actually, I'm Aquaman! <laughs> and the first one is a 21, the second one is a 12, and the third one is a 15. So that's going to be one hit. She definitely does deal you eight damage as her short sword, for the second time, slashes down across Jody's front, probably making a big mess of his lovely purple shirt. That now puts it in the hands of the crossbow wielders. Uh, definitely... Yeah, she really- Flung that shirt across the corridor, right? Yeah. Definitely the dwarf woman crossbow wielder stands up and says, Oh boy, this isn't going well. She sounds like the half-orc woman. That's the thing you have to know about oh, her. They're, right, actually, the thing. Um, they're actually half-sisters. <laughs> wow. So she's half-orc, half-dwarf, the other one. And this one is just full dwarf. So they share a dad who's a dwarf. But the one who thinks she's Aquaman's mum was an orc. Right. And the other one's mum was a dwarf. But her dad told her her mum was an Atlantean. Yes. And that's why she... Right. No, she, no, she thinks she's Aquaman because she got concussed. We can't, <laughs> we can't remove the blame of that from you guys. But maybe, maybe it was a spell that was, like, hiding her true, like, her true being from her and the concussion has, like, dis- disrupted that mind magic. So maybe she was Aquaman. I think maybe she is Aquaman. Yeah, maybe. Dude, bring it on. Let let her awaken. This is the weirdest encounter we have ever had. Like a strange free form improv is finally crumbling the veil of reality. (laughs) You guys remember that time that we fought all of those bounty hunters and also Aquaman? (laughs) (laughs) Also, to to be to be fair, for for like. For like IP, right? It's Aquam An. It's not like it's it's two yeah, words. Okay. It's Aquaman. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So you guys are fighting Aquaman in the in the yeah. Okay. Oof. Okay. So the dwarf woman definitely does stand up, cock her crossbow, and fire it at Duncan. So I'm gonna need Duncan with that. Oh, does does 19 even hit your AC at this point with uh, your full plate? And you you don't have a shield, do you? 19 will hit you. 19 would hit me in this context, yes. Yes. In that case, I'm going to need you to take 8 piercing damage as a crossbow bolt slides between some chinks in your full plate armour. In what context would it not? (laughs) (laughs) What you got to see is I took a feat with my sword, and if I was wielding my sword, I could use my reaction to up my AC by one. Yeah, nice. Uh, Then the tabaxi, who 
did save against the Kona Cold save. Definitely turns around, hearing the dwarf woman uh, right next to them, and also cocks their crossbow and says, uh, Tabaxi has bolts if you have the hand axes. And fires a bolt in your direction, Duncan. And oof! It is a natural 20, is the thing about it. And how are you doing on HP there, Dunkaroo? I haven't even hit halfway yet. Well, you might be about to because you are going to take 20 damage. I won't lie, one damage would have taken me to halfway. <laughs> oh, no. So, yeah, you are going to take 20 damage as this crossword. I'm going to say nicks your neck. Sails past you and nicks Duncan in the neck. Uh, and now you're just losing blood. And because you're bloodied. I think this is the first time Duncan's been bloodied in a while. Uh, and now it is definitely Duncan's turn. Well, I don't like that they did that. <laughs> So I'm going to close the last 20 feet whilst drawing uh-huh. my greatsword. Uh-huh. And I'm going to scream, stay down this time, as I take a swipe Oof, at the dwarf lady. I love lady. that. I love that. First swing, coming in hard at the dwarf lady. Coming in hard, are we? Uh, 17 to hit. 17 is sufficient. That is then... It doesn't actually matter. She has one hit point. She's dead! Hey! <laughs> now, is this lethal damage? Uh, up to you, completely up to you. What do you think? One of your own kin, Duncan. All the more betrayal, really. <laughs> um, I'm gonna roll highs. He's too stressed out from getting coned. Mm-hmm. Uh, Usually that has the opposite effect on me. Highs. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, he's under too much pressure right now. In terms of, he is now. He's two thirds of the way to being unconscious. Yep. Uh, has just been blasted halfway to hell by a cone of cold. If I roll highs on this dice, he's just going to straight execute this. Okay, level. great. She down! Oh, okay, so what does he just, like, fucking cut her head off, or yeah, what? straight cut okay, her head off. straight beheading. Which is particularly oh. strange after dialogue, stay down this time. Yeah. Um, stay down this time. I think, because it is that, it's that internal dissonance, where he's not out to kill her, mm-hmm. but in the moment, muscle memory, Duncan's back on the front oh. line. He's too close to death. He's not even really controlling his body. Yeah, he's having, point. like, a flashback. Oh, no. It's a little bit fucked up. There was okay. this one particularly brutal time when the Eastern League used chemical cold weapons on his Man. on his unit, and he is. Dude, dude, I'm dead serious. Anything you say about this is canon. Yeah, I that one's going on right now. I'm dead serious as well. Backstory, okay. And so you know, he uses his last five to ten feet of movement to go over to the other crossbow and takes another swing at this Tabaxi, being like. Now you go down. Yeah, now you down. Bad, um, Bad kitty. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. No, oh, he, no. <laughs> steps over. Bad kitty. No, that's fucked up. I can't even bring myself to say that out loud. What's wrong with that? It just it sounds weird. It's kind of a racist thing. It's kind of like an actual racial slur. Oh, yeah, against, it would be. Against um, the tabaxi. <laughs> blood has sprayed onto his face from this yeah, dwarf and lady's from neck. From neck. And from his own neck. So he's got blood spraying out of his neck that is soaking his like tunic underneath his mm-hmm. uh, armour. The blood has sprayed onto his face from this lady whose head he just cut off. He now takes a hectic swing. I'm going to say... Power attack? Uh, power attack. If, wow. I think technically I have to declare that at the start. No, do it. Dude. But I feel I'm like... Into it. I'm into it. Uh, so that goes, uh, so it's, well, it's 20 to hit all up. Yep, that will do it. And I think 
that is then an involuntary menace maneuver as he roars with primal rage, mm-hmm. adding a d8 to the okay. damage Great. as well with so. one of his maneuvers. Uh, oh so gosh. that is that's big 10 damage. on those dice, 10 from the power attack. That's 20. We put this 7 on it, that's 27. We put the 5 for my ability modifier and whatnot. We're looking at 32 damage on yep, that. Yep, she is also cut in half, the tabaxi. So, assuming that's what you want to do there. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't think it's really what he wants to do. I think it is what he does. Okay. Nine lives in one go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, goodness. Uh, Jackson, you couldn't save that one for the end of the show. <laughs> well, I feel like it'd be a bit rough to come back and be like, hey, guys, remember that, uh, that the tabaxi that died? Man lies in one go. Oh, Jesus. Okay. All right. Okay, so that's the end of Duncan's turn, one assumes? I think so, yeah. Okay, the last person standing is the half-orc woman who believes she is a Quarman. <laughs> it's Drasilia's turn. Okay. <clears throat> What's in the room? Uh, so it's kind of like a stable, which is like half open. There are two horses who horses. are probably straining violently at their restraints and neighing because of the cone of cold that did happen and also all the shouting and fighting um, and the bucket that did get kicked into one of them. So, How do you think you might look at doing damage if I telekinesis one of the horses all the way to the ceiling and then dropped it on Aquaman? With what? <laughs> With, tele- with telekinesis, telekinesis, the spell you definitely have. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, a horse being dropped on someone versus being hit with a sword. What do we think, boys and girls, in terms of horse damage? <laughs> I'll give you. I'll give you two d ten force damage. Would it be easy for you to do if I, I tried to lift her up and yep. like smash her into the ceiling? To the ceiling. Yeah. And then she dropped back down. Yeah. Also, yeah. also, no horse murder that way as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe we need to get away from this dark stuff. Just human murder. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Fucking okay. Druzzy eviscerates a horse and uses the mints to, like, suffocate <laughs> Aquaman. Oh. oh, boy. Yeah. You guys have done it tough. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely allow that. I'll, I'll do 1d10 on the smash up and 1d10 on the smash down. <laughs> Telekinesis. <laughs> That's fun. Yep, okay, great. So um, burn that telekinesis spell slot and smash this woman. Oh no, she needs to strength tussle with me. Oh really? Yeah. She fights against Okay, great. Uh, okay, let me pull up a strength stat, this half orc woman. It's pretty high. The roll is a critical fail though. It is an actual natural one. So Yeah, she's definitely gonna lose. She's definitely gonna lose and get smashed into the ceiling yep. and then again into the ground. So go ahead and roll me two D ten force damage. It's just 12 damage. Okay, yeah. Uh, that, that does her pretty bad. She's definitely, like, engaged with Jody. She's just seen her friends go down. And then, all of a sudden, she gets picked up and, like, smacked into the ceiling and then down into the ground. Uh, and she's now, yeah, lying on the ground, prone, I'll say, before Jody, which means he is going to have advantage on all of the attacks that he's about to do. Hey. But it's not actually Jody's turn. Because what happens now is Cerulea pokes her head out from behind the bales of hay where she's been hiding... And she throws a dagger <laughs> she had strapped to her waist. And she definitely, definitely hits. And uh, that dagger does deal some damage. 
Not enough to not enough to take out this half orc woman as I was hoping, but the dagger does definitely stick into the side of her as she's just been smashed down into the ground. Now it's Jody's turn. She's lying there on the ground. She's looking very wounded. You've got advantage on your attacks. What's going on here? Alright, you better believe it's all non-lethal, but like mm-hmm. uh, Jody's trying to like, yeah, get get her down for the count. Um, and that's uh, advantage. Mm-hmm. So it's 26 in the first one. Yep, yep. You know what? Don't, don't, don't roll anymore. I don't think you can deal a low enough number of damage that isn't going to put her unconscious with that great. first attack. Okay, great. Okay, so, great. Uh, how do you think that, that resolves? Because she's lying on the ground. A dagger has just come out and hit her in the side. What happens? I think basically, like, it, like so she's got the dagger on the side sort of thing, and then uh, Jody just, like, stands over her and, like, looks at her, gives a little smile, and is like, hmm, you should become the hero you were born to be. And then it's like... Like knocks down his staff and like knocks, knocks her clean out. out. Yeah, um, nice. Definitely Correct does also cast spare the dying on her to make sure she stabilized. Them. Yeah, cool, cool. And the other guy who is also unconscious. As we now leave initiative order for a moment. Um, yeah, yeah. I'll I'll spare I'll spare them both. Okay. How does spare the dying work on people who've been cut in half? Probably not. Um, well. Oh, I'm not gonna. They're they're done. They're, yeah. Also, what's what's Dun Khan's whole scene? Like, is it is it like are we doing like a, a sun's sun's getting low here sort of calming down the Hulk vibe? Is that what's happening? Uh, probably there's enough presence of mind. He's not like attacking any of you. He probably just kind of collapses. He is wounded pretty bad. And is just like breathing way too hard on the ground, just like on his back. Okay. Just like heaving. I think Drazilia comes over to Duncan and like grabs a bale of hay and just fire bolts it and gives him a little fire. Oh wow, that's nice. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> definitely, definitely. Whilst this is all going on, and you guys are kind of going through what is now—I mean, not exactly—but like this is like the idea of ending a battle like that, and then just kind of like pulling yourselves together and getting ready to move on is kind of routine for you guys. Cerulea definitely does step up from behind the thing, and as soon as she sees Drazilia, she yells out, "Drazzy!" And then she kind of takes a moment and looks at the scene before her, uh, the beheaded and definitely bisected people the like massive like frost damage to the surrounding buildings and it's just like what the fuck and uh then can Jazilia just quickly turn them invisible <laughs> the corpses, the corpses. <laughs> uh, if you want to burn that spell slot I don't see why not just the bisected ones okay <laughs> Yeah, they're invisible now. Mark that spell slot. Yeah. So it's just and two unconscious people. That's fine. And a bunch of frost damage. And yeah. also a dwarf yeah, who's yeah, yeah. like I think, freaking out. I think Jody seeing like the sisters like <laughs> within the line of sight of each other probably like just ducks over and like sits down next to Duncan and is just trying to like help calm him down basically. Yeah, great. So what does Cecilia do? Cerulea walks over to Cerulea. Cerulea walks over to Cerulea? And just like it's like Dude, what are you doing here? She says, What am I doing here? What What are you doing here? And what were you doing over there? Okay, it doesn't matter. Do we still need to run? I feel like there were more of those people. Should we get moving quickly? <sighs> yeah, Jesus. Okay, get, just get on the horse. I'll deal with you later. Okay. Let's untether these horses and ride into the sunset. You are going to have to double up. <laughs> well, I'll ride with Cerulea. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'll, I'll ride with Donkey. Alright, good, good, good. Okay, so you guys definitely steal some horses, so add that to your list of crimes. Your bounty goes up. Horse be free. Um, and yeah, I think as you're riding away, the farmer comes out and is like, What in darnation? Oh my god, they done 
took Morse's. Can we just like throw And at a certain and point, those corpses will cease to be invisible. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so he's going to spend a little while cleaning up. <laughs> and then... <laughs> yeah, it's like a real godfather thing. That's horrifying. <laughs> or like he'll trip over on one of them. And, like, when he stands up, he's covered in blood, but still can't see the source of the blood. There's so many horrifying ways for that to go. And I don't think we're going to know how it pans out. Um, okay, so you guys definitely do right away. And I think uh, we'll cut to the horse that Drasilia and Cerulea are on. She says, Okay, that uh, definitely didn't go how I thought it was going to go. Um, uh, nice to see you. Uh, yeah, I... It's nice to see you, but... Surely you are so out of your depth here. Like, this is not going to go well. Well, I had no choice. We we need you back home, Druzzy. The, the clock tower. Something, something's happening and there were people and... There were people who came into town. I'm not going back, Cerulea. Alright? Look, we will take you back to the town and get you to safety, but I can't... Go back there. She says, the town isn't safe. You don't understand. There were people there with documents saying we're on their land and the, the village is, it, it's not, whatever the town, it, something's gone wrong. It, it's not working the way it used to and it's not safe. I think she's really just stops responding. Okay, so we'll say with that, where are you guys heading on these horses? I don't think Duncan is really... I think we just get, like, an hour away and then camp. Okay. So Duncan can rest, right? Cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we'll yeah. say you can, if you look at the map, as you head east of where this road was, which was the road heading up from Esper towards Carter City, like, maybe not an hour, but, like, a couple of hours, you guys can be kind of, like, ensconced within the car wood. And I will definitely say, as you turn around and look at the horizon, where you can see the little town of Traveller's Rest, you can see that there's, like, a large number of fires watch fires all around the outskirts of town. The alarm has been raised within that village. They've probably found the corpses by now. You can assume people might be looking in that area soon, but you guys have hit the western range of the Carwood. You guys are all there. What do you think happens? I think definitely at one point, Cerulean is like, Jesus Christ, Rosie, you've you've changed so much. How did you do that with the frost thing and the... This is, this is all too much. And she just kind of sits there pouting. Um, I think Trezilia sort of takes um, Dunkey and Jody aside for a little sidebar and says, look, I need to get my sister home. Yeah, I mean, like, Jody dragged everyone to Esper, right? So, like, Jody's like, yeah, that's, um, that's actually re- reasonable considering what I've asked in the past. So, yeah, of course, whatever you need. The town I come from, it's not really, she doesn't. She's just not going to survive on her own out here. She can't look after herself. Let's go. Don't cast a spell at me again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I am sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and so our heroes find themselves on the run once again. It's a familiar position for them. But this time, things are slightly different. As we look around the camp, we'd see Jody patiently stitching up the holes in his shirt, his keen ears turned to the town in the distance. We'd see Duncan 
breathing slowly now, and seeming somehow far away from the rest of the party. Of course, we'd see the sisters, Trasilia and Cerulea, eyeing each other warily, neither quite knowing what to make of the other's sudden appearance. And if we looked further, back to the west, towards Traveler's Rest, we'd see something alarming. We'd see groups forming, parties coordinating, mounting up and pouring out into the night, hot on the trail of the enemies of the king. How to Win Loot and Influence Dragons is a production of the Curio Network and hosted by Thomas Owen, Grace Chapel, Ben McAllister and Jackson Newsom. Editing by Ben McAllister. You can find details of all the music in the show notes. We've got other content on Curio, such as Odds and Ends, where Grace talks with people about the mementos they've kept and the stories behind them, or still interested, where we look at film and TV that has been rebooted or remade and try to figure out why they thought it was a good idea. Check it all out at curionetwork.com.